coming in. This is great, at least for me, two Sundays in a row. <laughs> Be able to share with you what God's put on my heart. Um, I, um, I've been thinking a lot since it happened about when we were, I think it was before prayers with the people, or when, when we were um, thinking about praising God and giving specific things. And there was just a lot of kids talking and giggling and doing what kids do. And I was just enjoying that, <laughs> getting a little distracted, and thinking about how much God delights in us and delights in children. And, and I was thinking of, um, I think it's Psalm 8, out of the mouths of children and infants, God has ordained praise. And I think of those cooing sounds, and I always think of that babies are praising God when that happens. So I guess I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that maybe we were, at least I was distracted, some of you might have been too, but also picture um, God delighting in those children and delighting in us as well. It's not always all easy and calm and orderly, but God delights in us all the time. So, um, Okay, so um, how many of you have ever been to Niagara Falls? Oh, wow. Who has not been to Niagara Falls? Okay, Kevin, there's your next trip. <laughs> so, um, as a family, so I, we lived in Rochester, which is real close to Niagara Falls, so we used to go to Niagara Falls pretty frequently. And um, as a kid, like, I just always remember going to Niagara Falls and being awed by this just amazing power and um uh, it's just, it's hard to put into words how amazing that scene is and how amazing Niagara Falls is. And the funny thing is that um, that was my first experience with a waterfall. <laughs> so from then on, every other experience about waterfalls <laughs> compared to Niagara Falls. <laughs> so I can remember being at Yosemite and seeing Bridalville Falls and thinking, oh yeah. <laughs> but because I would just picture it and compare it to Niagara Falls. And what I want to do for us this morning is for us to gauge our experience of God's love by Jesus' experience of God's love. We looked at that last week. We looked at how the Father showed his love to Jesus and what those experiences were for him. And we heard that God said, um, Jesus said, God loves us with the same love that he loves Jesus. So I want us to gauge our experience of love and if we have to ask, if it would be good for us to ask God to show us more of his love. So I'm going to look at how God demonstrated his love um, to the disciples. We saw how it was with Moses. Um, and um, David's, David's looking at the slides and wondering, what's next? <laughs> um, so um, God loved the Father Jesus in personal ways, right? We looked at that last week. Um, Jesus in his humanity needed to know he was loved by God. Right, Jesus was fully God and fully man, and in his humanity, he was a son that needed to know that the Father loved him. And the Father was so good to continue to show him how much he loved him. In his baptism, right, he said, this is my son whom I love and am well pleased. In the transfiguration, the same thing happened. God reiterated, I love you, I am well pleased with you. And then in the moment-by-moment -moment occasions of the day, when Jesus would go his heart and be with the Father... I know because of what Jesus taught us that that was also a reaffirmation of the Father's love for Jesus and a strengthening of that love and an empowerment. Um, so we are reminded, and I want to remind you, 
that the Father loves us with the same love that um, he loved Jesus. The Father's love and relationship with him empowered Jesus, empowered the disciples, empowered followers of Christ, and empowered, we see too, that that empowered Moses. I want you to think about that video at the beginning for a minute and how, you know, we think of that um, burning, burning bush, at least I used to, think of the burning bush as kind of far off and this thing of God's activity was happening over here and Moses was watching it and hearing it. But I love how it's depicted in that animated version where there's the burning bush and then the Spirit of God, at least that's what it seems like to me, that wave and the motion um, and the kind of cloud comes around and wraps him and penetrates him and consumes Moses. Um, because I really believe that Moses could not have been, could not have done what he was able to do if he had just seen a burning bush in the distance and heard the voice. It had to have been a consuming experience with God. to had been so transformed. And to go from this man of fear and a man thinking he was their enemy to a man enabled and empowered to deliver those people that he then learned to have compassion over um, and, and obey God for those many years. So it was not just something that he heard, but it was something that he experienced. Um, God loves. He loves Jesus. He loved Moses. He loves us with the same love. God being close to us Demonstrating his love in dynamic ways and in everyday encounters is how we then are able to love others. We're empowered with that love. Um, in the reading today, Jesus is inviting the disciples to receive this promise of God's love. right? Um, and Jesus recapped for the disciples as he's preparing them in Acts. So death, resurrection, Jesus... Um, meeting with, people, with with the disciples and others, and now it's his last time with the disciples. And he recaps for them um, how God had shown his love to Jesus, the same love that God was about to give to the disciples. Jesus says to the disciples, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like Jesus was painting a picture for them. He was reminding them, do you remember my baptism? Do you remember when the Spirit came down and God said, I love you and I'm well pleased with you? When John baptized with water, that same thing is going to happen to you, but the Spirit, we're going to baptize you with the Spirit. It'll be a similar experience. God the Father loves you with the same love he loves me and you will you will not just hear it, you'll know it. You'll experience it, just like I did, and you see me experience. And Jesus continues to tell the disciples that this is so important for them to experience that he doesn't want them to leave. He doesn't want them to go anywhere. He doesn't want them to start loving others until they've had this, until they have really known that God loves them. So baptism with water and baptism in the Spirit um, baptism of water isn't just about whether we get sprinkled or don't. <laughs> baptism of the Spirit isn't just about whether we speak in tongues or fall over or just have this warm sense of God's love. Um, but it is about experiencing the same love 
the God the Father gave to Jesus at his baptism, transfiguration, and every moment by moment after that. So what happened to the disciples on the Feast of Pentecost? So they were all gathered together. They were good Jews. They were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. We think of Pentecost now as when the Spirit came down. But they were celebrating, you know, their heritage. Um, so tons of fire came and rested on the disciples. Does it remind you of any other time? So Moses saw the burning bush, right? Um, so it wasn't just that there was fire resting on their heads, although that's enough to try to figure out or try to visualize or how that happens, right? But it wasn't just about fire. It was also the spirit enfolding them, engulfing them, penetrating them, just like he did, just like we saw happen with Moses in that visual. Just like Moses was transformed in that event, Peter was transformed in the event, and the other disciples were too, but we saw Peter's transformation and what he then goes up to speak. Um, so Peter, who had been petrified of others, Peter, who was so scared of harm to himself that he had betrayed Jesus, he was now filled with the Holy Spirit and stood up in front of a large crowd, at least 3,000 people, because 3,000 people decided to follow Jesus that day. <laughs> so that had to be, I'm guessing there was more than that, a large crowd. Um, he explained in a clear manner about God's love and power in such a way that 3,000 people were added to their number. 3,000 people realized, wow, this is amazing. I need God. Um, and then what I want to point out to you that we don't always link Acts 2 and Romans 5, 5 together, but Paul spoke of this experience, what disciples experienced in Pentecost, what we call Pentecostal language in Romans 5, 5. Um, and there are um, commentaries that say that this pouring out of the Father's love on, in, at Pentecost was what they, what they the commentaries call Pentecostal language. So when there's a significant event in a community, there becomes language around that event, right? Like, for instance, different type of experience, but also powerful. When 9-11 occurred, we have not language now that describes what happened on that, on that day, right? Before that day, if you said 9-11, you would think that someone was missing the 10, right? It had no connection. There was just, but now that it happened, there's language to go around it. Well, apparently in the early church, there was language that people um, could speak that would describe what had happened to the disciples and when that, you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit and pouring out of love. Um, and Paul's doing that in Romans 5.5. Hope does not disappoint us or put us to shame, but God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he had given us. The phrase poured out, commentaries paint the picture, it's like a powerful waterfall. So we think of poured out like a pitcher, right? And a pitcher of water being poured into a cup. Not even close to what the picture is of the love poured out on the disciples. <coughs> And again, we sometimes, I don't know how it happened, but sometimes in the church we just think of power being given at Pentecost. But there was power there because the love of God was poured out onto the disciples. And that pouring out was like a mighty waterfall. Dave, can you do that picture yep. of the waterfall? I 
I wish that that music in the background was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something much more powerful and dramatic. Um, okay, so there's this, it's a pouring out of the Father's love. He was not giving in his little measures. He was not giving say, oh honey, I know you can only handle this much, but I really want to give you this much. He knew that that's what was necessary for transformation for the church to become when he knew the church needed to be and could be. Um, pouring out. Um, and I want to give you this, I looked it up, you know, I've looking up all these videos from Niagara Falls. But um, picture this, and again, the commentaries, have, they show that it's the pouring out of the Father's love at Pentecost, and it was pouring, powerful pouring. Okay? On the American side of the Niagara Falls, it's 600 liters per second. I was trying to picture 600 liters of soda. Right, that's about what my brain can get around <coughs> for a second. That's on the American side. And the side, on the Canadian side, because you know, Niagara Falls is in two different sections. Um, 2,400 2, liters per second. Okay, are you catching what I'm saying? <laughs> it was powerful. It was powerful. The pouring out of the Father's love at Pentecost was powerful. And it was all love. And because there was so much love there, power came as a result of that. God wasn't all about the power. He was all about the love. And because of the love, then there's power. Okay, so we are empowered by love. I want us to picture the disciples experiencing this dynamic, supernatural moment. Some kind of moment like Jesus had at his baptism. Okay? And we didn't read that section of Acts 2, but I hope that some of you are, are familiar with it. Um, there's a section that says that the, and I thought of this this morning as I was praying for today, <laughs> that the, um, the, other, the crowds that were there saw this happening to the disciples, and it says that they heard God, they heard what they needed to hear in their own language. So it was just amazing. There was somebody standing next to them that might have been from some other country speaking a different language. Both of them heard the amazing power and love of God in their own language. And I had, probably because of what you know we taught on last week and what I've been thinking about, I wondered if the people, part of what they heard in their own language was God saying to them, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. And then that's why they were, that's where they were drawn to God. Not just that they saw the power and the amazing things happening to the disciples, but actually God encountered them by speaking personally to them in a way that they could get it. So how do we receive God's love? What's our gauge? What are we anticipating? We can anticipate supernatural ways that God could reveal his love for us. And very much the, the crowd and how they heard the awesomeness of God in their own language, it will be ways that we can receive it in ways that are personal to us. Okay? Moses needed the burning bush for some reason. Right? I don't know what we all need, but God does. And he can pour out his love powerfully, clearly, in ways that each of us can experience personally. And it will be in everyday moments of encountering the God who loves us. Just the everyday and now, like that song sings. When we walk along the busy street, we can hear God whispering our name and we can whisper his. It was moment by moment. So how do we receive God's love? Part of how we see, how we can 
is to read the Word of God. Um, we're told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We want to experience God's love more. We have to understand. We have to be in the Word. We have to be seeing. We have to allow space for the Spirit to speak to us in the Word of God. You can go over John 17, the prayer that we read last week from Ephesians 3 and John 17. And oftentimes, um, you know, there's times that I read scripture a lot at once, but oftentimes I'll just hang out in a piece of scripture, in a section of scripture. It could be five verses. And I can hang out in there for a week or two or a month until I really sense that I'm getting what God is saying. So don't feel like when you read the word, you have to just skim it and read a lot. But you can just hang at this understood how much he was forgiven and he was able to communicate really powerfully any of Brandon Manning's books. Um, and David, in the next few slides, are quotes of Brandon Manning. Um, I'll give you a taste of what it is. You are being seen by Jesus with a gaze of infinite tenderness. Right? That time that we were all here as we were praying and the kids are all making their lovely voices, God was looking on us with infinite tenderness, each of us individually and all of us collectively. And then the next Brandon Manning quote, Fasten on to the utter delight of a loving God who is deeply touched that in the brouhaha of your busy life, you would devote even five minutes to spiritual reading. He is deeply touched that we would spend time in the Word or in books that talk to us about who God is. He's deeply touched by that. He doesn't just, he doesn't say, oh, I'm going to only spend five minutes today. Wish it was ten. Nope. He's deeply touched that we want to spend time with God and experience his love. I invite you to turn your I should read today to a I must or I can't wait to. Get rid of the I should read today. And or I can't wait to. By putting yourself in a position or a place where you can sense God's love, open yourself up to God. God's love has been poured out into our hearts. I wanted to take a minute. You can do the next slide, David. Yep. Right where you are, I just want you to pause. Maybe there's some verses that stuck out. Maybe there's some phrases that stuck out. But I wanted to ask these two questions. And ask the first one, close your eyes, and then we'll ask the second one, okay? So I want to ask the first one, what's your special name for me? I want to explain this question. Um, so, uh, years ago, I heard this teaching that God has a special name for each one of us. Um, it's wonderful that our parents named us, but it, I get the sense that there might be a name, a special name, an endearing name that God has for you. Um, I said this to a group of women um, who had never heard this before, and I just encouraged them to pray about it for the following week. And out of six people, four by the end of that week had this name that God had for them, and the other two got it. Well, a lot later. Um, it doesn't mean they weren't caring. It just meant whatever God was doing in them. Just, you know, I don't know. It's a different process. We don't have to compare each other to other people. But um, the point is that one woman came back, and I just want to give you an example. Um, her name was Buttercup. 
Now, no one else could have said, you know, I couldn't say to Kevin, Kevin, your name is Buttercup. <laughs> He'd be like, you're a witness. <laughs> but if God imparted that word, that name, you would know it. Okay? So, it's just one of the many ways that God might want to speak to you this morning. So I just want to give you a little time. Just close your eyes and just ask God, God, do you have a special name for me? And uh, just wait and see if you said something. Okay? So we're doing this so that we can put ourselves in a place for God, for us to hear God's love, for us to experience God's love for us in a way that's personal. Okay. The other question I want you to ask is, um, what specific ways are you going to supernaturally love through me today? Um, some of us in this moment may have a hard time concentrating on ourselves because we're thinking about the needs of other people. Maybe we're thinking about um, some pain that other people are experiencing. And it's hard to think about ourselves. So sometimes it's just necessary, God, how are you going to love through me today? Can you give me a glimpse on what's going to make a difference and how I can do that for other people? So just pause for a minute. Ask God that question. experiencing God's love. Um, God, what I want you to know is that God is always, always ready to show us His love. Um, there doesn't, there's not anything about Him that He would say, you know, I don't want to show love to you today. Nothing. Ever. Ever. Okay? But sometimes in our own life, or in our own life experiences, or even just the hurriedness of life, we sometimes, um, there's stuff that might block that love from coming. Um, so I want you to feel bad if you didn't sense God in some way this morning. But just know that God is after you to show you how much he loves you. And one of those ways is maybe getting rid of some of that stuff that might have blocked his love. That's a whole um, teaching that could take you know, more than we have time for this morning. But this is important to know that God is loving you, does love you with the same love he loves Jesus, um, and that will keep showing you that love until you get um, so supernatural love empowers us to love others. Supernatural love empowers us to love others. And sometimes with that love for others, um, we can be burdened to love others. Um, all of us, I'm sure, have had weeks where we feel the depths of others hurt more than others. Maybe there's just a whole bunch of different experiences that you have where you encounter people that um, are really hurting and you're burdened with that. Sometimes that comes um, 
when we feel pain as well. And sometimes it's just all very overwhelming. Um, and this, this week um, was one of those weeks for me. Uh, by Monday night, <laughs> the week hadn't even really started, and I was feeling overwhelmed with the burden of people's pain. And, um, and so I stood there in the kitchen, and, um, and I asked God to help me with that. Um, and as that's happening, sometimes when I ask God for help, I'll hear, I'll get some scripture verses in my head. And so I just want to kind of bring you to that moment where I was just talking to God about it, and I was um, needing help to, to experience his love for me, but also to feel it for other people, and to know how to express it to other people. Um, and so one of the first verses I sensed was, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So I got this sense was, you know, it's okay, Mike, that's what you're about, that, that's what we're here for, right? To bear each other's burdens, to help each other along the way, right? To share life together and all of life. Um, so I got the sense of, okay, I'm, I'm in the right place, right? And bear each other's burdens. Um, and interesting that, um, the, so the next one um, I sensed was, this is time that Paul gives a list of everything that he has been through, shipwrecks, beatings, everything. And then at the very end, after all of that, he says, and even more than those, daily I bear the burden for the churches. And so I just got this picture again that, that Paul, even when he experienced all that he did pain-wise in himself, he still felt a burden for the churches. Um, so again, I just felt like, okay, yep, feeling the burden for others, that's a place that we have all found ourselves and is a good, a good at times place to be. And then the next verse I sensed was, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And that just came out of nowhere, as the other two did, but um, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I just had this picture of, so a yoke has, for oxen, right, has a big thing around one oxen's head, and it's connected to the big thing around the other oxen's head. And, and I got this sense as I'm picturing and feeling this burden. Jesus is saying to me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so I just got this picture of me leaning closer to Jesus. <coughs> and then the yoke kind of went, instead of like this, it kind of went like this. So the burden, the heaviness, was on Christ. And I was leaning in, and the burden of it was lifted off of me and put out to Christ. And in that way, I felt the love of God and then an empowerment to love when before I felt overwhelmed. So again, it's the love of God for us that empowers us to be able to love others. And it really is beautiful that Paul says, my power is, uh, he's quoting another verse, and he says, my power is made perfect in weakness. When we admit to God our weakness in loving others, whatever it is, that gives room for God to work. And we say, God, I need your help. Um, at Pentecost, it wasn't just Peter that was changed, it was also the community that was changed too. A beautiful section about um, how the community loved each other deeply. Um, and Again, we could, we could, we're, we're living that here at Cana, um, and it's good to remind to read those verses so that we have um, that reminders of what it looks like to love in community. 
Um, so remember I said I went to Niagara Falls a lot as a kid? Um, I want to wrap this up. So I went, we, went as, we went a lot to Niagara Falls. And, but I don't know if it was when I was 8 or 9 or 10, something like that. There was this damage done um, that needed to get repaired. So they dammed up the river way back. Is anyone old enough to know to remember that had happened? Remember as a kid? I guess. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So so I and you know I was young enough that I was just flabbergasted that all of a sudden what I remember going the year before where it was this powerful water was dammed up at the back and now this was freaky. They built this walkway where you could actually walk where the falls had been, and I just remember thinking this is really. This is just odd, right? Where there had been so much water coming over, it was now not there. And I just remember thinking how odd that was. Um, and I want us, I want us, the supernatural empowerment of God to be so real to us, so sensed by us in our moment-by-moment -moment activity, that when we don't have it, it feels really odd. That the normal experience with God is to know your love deeply, to feel that power from the people. And when it's not there, it's odd. And we need to be with God more so that we can then be open to receive God's love. Okay. Um, Dave, let's, let's do that song. So this song, and I wonder if... I don't know about you, but I catch on these songs kind of slowly. So, can you, can we like, can you teach it to us? <laughs>